Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 10 of Expand the Conversation with Jillian podcast. On today's episode, I have my dear friend and soul sister, Ashley Daniels. Ashley Daniels is a certified personal trainer and health coach specializing in autoimmune health. Through her personal journey in healing psoriatic arthritis, uveitis, and Lyme disease, she discovered the powerful connection food and movement has to the body. Ashley helps other women with chronic health conditions dramatically reduce and eliminate their symptoms with simple and effective personalized wellness programs. In today's episode, Ashley speaks on her autoimmune story, how she showed up for herself in finding the right doctors to help her get to the root cause of her symptoms. She also shares with us how medication has supported her through this journey and how using medications through your healing journey should be empowered not make you feel worse. She speaks on bioresonance scans that she added to her business last year and how you can learn so much about your body and how it's functioning right now, including what foods aren't supportive for your body. She also shares her story with having to drop gluten from her diet, why, and how much better she feels after. Let's get to the show. Today, I have with me Ashley Daniels of Ashley Daniels Coaching. She is such a good friend of mine. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Of course. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. This morning was a little interesting, but I'm good. Good. I'm good. (laughs) Love those interesting mornings. Yeah. Right. It's just not what I expected it to be. So it's like, yeah, that's okay. That's all right. Just go with it. (laughs) Yeah. So I always ask by starting um, with three questions. So the first question is, what is a topic you think needs to be expanded on? I would say, I think a topic that really needs to be discussed more is is medication being the only thing that is like the go-to for treating autoimmune conditions. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. Because I know for me specifically, that's pretty much what they've told me. They're like, you either are Mm -hmm. on medication for the rest of your life or you die. I mean, not so like, right? But like, (laughs) but, but like, when you kind of think about what they say, it's it's almost like that fear is instilled. And like, that's the only option. I'm sure we'll kind of get into it. Like, I know, I know your story, you know, mine, but um, that's the only option like I was given. Had I listened to that advice from the get go, um, I think things in my life would be very different right now. And, um, you know, like the, the women that I work with my clients, like that's, that's pretty much the only option they're given to. And it's so frustrating because I know that that's not the case. Yeah. It's really interesting. Like the more that I've gotten into my journey and even talking to some practitioners, you know, how little nutrition is talked about in medical school. And I think it's like six hours out of their like millions of hours. Out of four years. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And it's like, okay, well, that's definitely something that people should start with. Absolutely. Just not know about. So I totally agree with you on that one. My next question is, what is your favorite way to connect with yourself daily? Um, For me, it used to be journaling. And I've gotten kind of out of the habit of doing that. I, I really haven't been in the habit of doing that for a while. And I've told myself recently, I need to start getting back into it. Mm-hmm. But really, what has been the thing for me lately, and for a while now, has been moving my body. Um, You know, getting out and going for a walk after I get home from, you know, like dropping my kids off at school or um, afternoon walks, like when we get home from school, yoga, that's a really big way because 
that really forces me to connect back in with my body and kind of focus on the present. Um, so yeah, I would say just moving my body and, you know, however I feel like doing it that day. Yeah. And I love that. And it's really, you know, I'm not surprised that was your answer because I know like <laughs> in your journey. Coming from like, a personal trainer. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, oh, I'm shocked. But I mean, even just from your history, right? Like you used to love running and I can relate to that as well. Like there was a period in my life that running was like necessary. There wasn't an option. Yeah. And with all of your autoimmune stuff, basically you weren't able to run anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Like you were barely able to do any type of exercise. So to be where you're at now, it creates this different level of respect for the movement and for being able to participate in that because your body's actually thriving at this point and you're able to do these things. Yeah. It's definitely a gift that I I try not to squander or, you know, like I sometimes because I've been feeling so good for so long, like I kind of not forget like where I used to be, but it's, you know, like this is my normal, like I'm, I'm living a normal life. So, um, you know, but when I really think about the times where it was taken away from me or, you know, sometimes just like recently I had an issue where like I, I pulled my back and, you know, just I couldn't move without feeling that that tension or that ache. And it was a very swift reminder of, you know, the importance of caring for myself, for ourselves, but also in, you know, how we really can take things for granted because they're just normal to us. But really, it's such a foundational thing for our well-being. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it supports us too. So yeah. I love that. That's what your daily connection is. That's great. And then my last question is, what is your favorite thing right now? So it can be like a subject, it can be a tangible item, it can be a movie, a book, anything. I say maybe exploring some new recipes in the kitchen that's been that yeah I'll I'll stick with that because that's been really fun for me I get into kind of like habits of just I have quick and easy recipes that I go to you know like I I work I have I have my own business I you know mom of two little kids that are very active and like really demand a lot of attention when they're home so sometimes um you know it's it's the, those go-to dinners um are, are just easy. And I have like recently just putting together some stuff for clients. I've kind of gone out for them. I've seen some stuff, you know, I'm like, oh, that would be that would be really good. So I've been trying some new things in the kitchen. So I would say that just uh, kind of exploring a little bit more than I had in a long time. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. You know, with Oren and school and everything, I get used to these. Okay, well, this is quick and easy. This is quick and easy. Like it gives me enough diversity. Like, this is fine. It's like the same five to 12 meals every yep. two weeks that I'm <laughs> just, just cycling on, on through. Repeat, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, these are the favorites. He likes them. I like them. It's fine. Like, yep. No one will complain. It's, it's like, it's good for us. It's go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, and if I switch it up and do something like throw asparagus in there, man, Oren is upset, <laughs> <laughs> but he'll survive. He'll be fine. Oh yeah. They always do. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your coaching. So I okay. know very well what you do, but 
Can you tell the audience what it is that Ashley Daniels Coaching does? So primarily, I work with women who have been diagnosed with autoimmune conditions or some sort of chronic illness. Some cases, there may not be a diagnosis, but it's what like their doctors, their specialists are leaning towards, and they just don't have like a label for their symptoms yet. They don't have a label for their symptoms yet, but everything is pointing towards mysterious illness, you know, something going on, something that is prolonged and it's not something that just cleared up quickly. And I work with my clients in doing things outside of medicine. I'm not, now I'll preface this with, I'm not against medicine and I'm not going to shame somebody for taking medicine. I, I take a medication for my specific situation. However, there's so many cases where that is the only option that we are given. And if medication is the only tool that you have in your toolbox, to treat all of these cascades of symptoms that are that are ruining your life and making it really hard to function normally and on a day-to-day basis when lifestyle factors in so heavily. You're fighting an uphill battle. And if you're just taking medication, you may be on a medication that is good for you, like as far as like it, it will treat your symptoms. But if you're not attacking it from a, a few other areas, like with you know, how you're feeding yourself, if, you know, moving your body, stress management, things like that. If you're not doing some of those things and just like foundational wellness things that everybody agrees is good for you, like eating a healthy diet, getting a good night's sleep, your chances of your medication working are really not great. So I really help the women that I, that I work with and that I, I coach to learn new tactics in managing their symptoms, treating their symptoms and healing their bodies. Because that's the other thing with autoimmune, it's like, here's your medication. We're going to manage your symptoms the best we can. If this medication doesn't work, we have a whole bunch of other ones that we can try. And if the medication you're on stops working, well, we have a whole bunch of other ones we can try. And if your medication starts causing some not so great side effects, we have a medication for that. So it's kind of like, okay, so I'm just going to be on however many medications for the rest of my life because because autoimmune is, and I'm going to do air quotes here, is lifelong and it's untreatable and there's no cure for it. And I truly believe that when you have that mindset that like, oh, I'm just never going to get better, it really makes it to where you probably won't Mm -hmm. because you won't seek out other opportunities and other things that could actually make you feel a lot better and go to start healing your body. I I totally believe that healing is possible with autoimmune. Yeah. And it's really interesting the part that you said about your mindset, right? Because there was a good chunk of my life where I was just so afraid of dealing with the MS diagnosis that I just was like, I'm a vegetarian. I eat well. Like I exercise regularly. I feel fine. And not to mention the allergic reactions I had had while I was on medication. So then I just was like, not looking at it. I'm like, it doesn't exist. It's not here. And I think that's probably why I was in remission for so long because I just wasn't it didn't exist. I was taking care you of myself. You weren't giving it power. Right, exactly. Yeah. I wasn't. And it's not until I was like afraid of the fact that I was like, oh no, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm not feeling great. And it triggered me. And that's when it went into this whole other thing of like, okay, well, now I'm so afraid that it's getting worse that it was like I was feeding that power instead of the liberation of, hey, I don't need to be any on 
on any medication. Yeah. Well, because there's that fear of like, you have a doctor telling you this is what you need to do. And they're the expert. They treat a bunch of people with this. Like they know. And if they're telling me I, I have to be on this medication and I choose not to take it, is that going to hurt me? Is that going to set me up for worse? Is that going to like, am I going to, am I going to make it worse by not doing this because I'm concerned about what this medication could do to my body? And that's like a whole other thing too, is, you know, like, oh, I, you know, I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, like we want to, a lot of women I coach are, um, you know, perfectionistic, very like high level, very driven women. And they are, they're, they're good girls. You know, they are people pleasers. They really focus on making other people happy to the neglect of themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you are a people pleaser or you have been for most of your life, if it's, if an expert is telling you this is what you need to do, the stress of even questioning that, oh my gosh, like who am I to question this? Like I don't know anything. I just got this diagnosis. But the fact is like you live in your body and you always are going to know what is best for you. Mm -hmm. It may take some trial and error to get there. But if you're, you know, if if you're if you're told you need to do something and you just it really it hits you to where like the, I don't know that's not I don't think that's okay I don't I don't I really don't want to do that mm -hmm. question that and explore it you know or if you hear some other information you go you know what that makes a lot of sense to me and that may not be a normal path but mm, I'm gonna go investigate that a little bit like that will that will get you so far and I mean I think in any area of your life not just with your health yeah and I mean talking about like the people pleasers like that was me you know mm -hmm. so getting diagnosed so young at 13 it was such a whirlwind like I just remember having all of these tests done to me and it's funny because at the time the the diagnosis of MS is a non-diagnosis there's mm -hmm. nothing that they test for specifically for MS patients they just test for all of this other stuff and if you don't have that then they're like oh it must be MS we don't really know yeah and fast forward to man 20 years later working with this integrated neurologist who's basically basically telling me like, oh, there's been studies that are showing now that the white matter is connected to vitamin deficiencies. And here I am super low in vitamin D and B12. Yeah. And when I was younger, I would always do things like nap in the sun and just like read outside. And I always wanted to be outside. And I'm like, my body was telling me what I needed. And yeah. even that like intuitive part of it, like even when I did go back on meds, like part of me was still like, no, I don't need to be on a medication. And then obviously there was that very physical response that my body's like, hey, this isn't it as I'm having allergic yeah. responses, right? Yeah. And, you know, just finding a good doctor or neurologist to work with has been a struggle for me. And it's like the neurologist I was working with at the time when I was on these medications a couple years ago, literally was just like, take a steroid first. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I was so mad. And I was like, that's not the answer. That's not mm -hmm. what we're doing. I won't be back. It's fine. Like, no worries, dude. We're going to call it. And that's when I found this integrated neurologist. And I'm like, oh, well, let me get my vitamin levels correct and see how I feel. And it's helped a ton and yeah you know so it's it can be so intimidating with that like 
your doctor is telling you to do something and I want them to be happy with me. I want to be the good student, but I know when it comes down to it, we really need to listen to our intuition more. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm so sorry that you had that experience with that doctor. Like there's some amazing doctors out there. I credit several with, you know, my health being where it is today, mm-hmm. um, but it's finding the right ones, the ones that you, it's, it should be a collaborative effort instead of just, I'm the doctor. I tell you what to do. If you don't do it, you will die. Like <laughs> you said at the beginning. It, it's it's really about going in together for a treatment. And if, you know, like if you had gone to him and said like, hey, my body is doing this when this medication you're saying that I need to be on, it, you know, ideally they would have a conversation with you about that and maybe try a different medication or say, okay, let's not use that medication and try some other things and see what happens. And, um, you know, I think part of it's the system. It's, you know, just some doctors just don't know. And if you don't know something, you can't teach it. You can't, you know, you can't share it. But also it's, you know, like in and out, in and out, you know, like how long does the doctor normally spend with you? You know, like hours or, you know, like 15 minutes. You know, I had my first rheumatologist that I had, the one that who actually diagnosed me. I remember going in for my follow-up appointment, which was about a month after my diagnosis. And I had done a lot of research. Like I went down rabbit holes and like, okay, what do I need to know about this? And I kept seeing where diet was really important and um, specifically like gluten and dairy could be inflammatory and could cause problems. So I had asked her about changing my diet and she was like, no, no, it, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, just eat healthy. I'm like, okay, well, what is what does that mean? Like, what does that mean to you? Because yeah. different definitions for different people. And she's like, well, you know, don't eat a lot of really fatty foods and don't, you know, like a lot of sugar and things like that. And um, I mean, you you look good. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not. You just diagnosed me with two autoimmune diseases. Like I'm not healthy. <laughs> like, and and I had a I had a list because you know getting that kind of a diagnosis that hey this is gonna be with you the rest of your life. There's not much you can do. And and I had left that initial appointment with her with like three pamphlets for the medications and and a, a blood lab script. So they were gonna test me to see that I was I, healthy enough to be on these medications. You know that like my liver wasn't shot already or something like that. And I came back and I started to research like, oh, well, if I do start this medication, like, can I still do some of these things that I enjoy doing? You know, like I I, I did races and I did like the fun runs and mud runs and stuff like that. So I'm like, well, if this is going to get me better, but I'm on like a shot, you know, and then my immune system's lowered, like, can I still do these things? So I, I had a list of things and she came over to me. I was like maybe halfway through it. And she's like, what else is on your list? And just starts looking and like, yes, no, yes, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And just rushed me out of the office. Like it wasn't a conversation about it. It was just, I I felt like she, like I annoyed her by having questions about Mm -hmm. my health. I no longer see that rheumatologist, but (laughs) like it's just, it's frustrating when you feel like you're not being heard, especially when, and I think part of it is too, is like these, these doctors, like they deal with the same diagnoses every single day and they're seeing people with similar or the same diagnoses like all throughout the day. So for them, it's like secondhand, the information that they're going to share and what they're going to recommend and and everything. Whereas like you as the patient, that's the first time you may 
baby hearing this Mm -hmm. and you don't know what it means for the rest of your life. Okay. You're telling me I have this for the rest of my life. So what is, what is this going to entail? Mm -hmm. So it's frustrating to not feel like you're not heard. It's frustrating to feel like they don't have compassion for you. And, you know, and it extends beyond like the medical community, you know, like autoimmune. I I heard the saying a long time ago and I love it. It's like, you don't get it until you get it. Mm -hmm. Like you have no, it's not like having the flu. It's not like having a normal, you know, ailment that, you know, clears up in a few days, you know, like you get some sort of an infection, you take an antibiotic for a week or two and like, then you're good to go. Whereas with autoimmune conditions, you can take medication and it might help, but it still might not help. And it's something that until you really start working and healing your body, you're going to have ramifications of that disorder, that condition, that diagnosis long-term. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I love like what you do specifically with your clients because it's so unique to each person. And it's, I feel like doctors get in this like autopilot setting of, okay, well, I'm a neurologist and I specialize in MS patients, for example. And so they're used to saying the same thing over and over and over Mm -hmm. again. And I've had similar experiences where I'm like, hey, what about this? And I get kind of brushed off and I'm like, cool, thanks for listening. Like, and I know that you truly care about your clients and you care about their well-being and you focus so much on them being able to live and to thrive in their life and to really be able to get past this diagnosis. And I know for me, it's been a huge part of my life to be able to detach myself from the diagnosis. Like I am not MS. When you hear me talk about it, I don't say that I have it. I say I was diagnosed with it. You know, it's something that happened and it's something that I'm healing from. And it's something that I truly believe I can heal from. And it's that mindset of like, Mm -hmm. this is not what's going to take me out. Like, let's just be real. It's not it. And, you know, in 2020, I was, I did go through a moment of massive fear because of, you know, what was happening at that time and all of the media and it's just like, oh, well, high, high risk, high risk. And it's like, what? Well, what's going to happen? You know? And I, I worked through it and there's certain things that like, even after being on that last medication I was on, my immune system suffered extremely from it. And so a little background on MS medications. And even if people don't know about what multiple sclerosis is, it's basically my immune system is overactive and it's attacking the myelin sheath around my nerves and my brain, spinal cord. So basically the medication that I was on and most MS medications are beta blockers. So it's basically reducing your immune system and what it can do. Mm -hmm. And so I've spent, and I mean, you know this, I've spent the last two years having this massive amount of respiratory issues, colds. I've had the virus multiple times and it's just like, okay, I'm finally feeling my immune system starting to rebuild itself. And it's like, instead of focusing on just suppressing my immune system that I need for so many other things, there has to be a better option, you know? And I mean, not just specifically with MS, but I know with other medications as well. Like I know the medication that you're on can have undesirable effects on your liver. And it's like, hey, I need that. This is something I need. So like, if we could find some happy place, right, to be, maybe there's a time, right, sometimes that people have to be on medication, but it doesn't have to be a forever thing. Yeah. And our society doesn't want to talk about that. Yeah, Um, I agree. Yeah. And and like with my specific situation, I didn't immediately go on medication. I I did, like I was on steroids as far as like if I had a flare, which would be like, you know, my immune system overreacted and certain parts of my body 
body would get super inflamed, super painful and have problems, you know, and like my, my disease affects my eyes. Um, it's uveitis and like not treated. It can cause scar tissue and cause blindness, you know, so like that's kind of serious. And then the other main part of my body that's affected are my feet, which is why like I couldn't, like I couldn't even walk without pain at certain points of my journey, um, let alone run. And um, every attack that I had, it would damage the joints in my toes. So I like I have, I refer to it as my raptor toe, my <laughs> where I have, you know, like raptors, they have like the curled, like bigger toe. I have one little toe that sticks up. So I have, I have two little boys that love, they loved dinosaurs. So that was, that was like our little joke. So you, you want to not have those things happen. And I got to a point where um, I, I was doing a lot of the like holistic functional medicine, found a great functional medicine doctor, you know, found out like I had a bunch of other stuff going on. I had mold toxicity. And then later was I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, um, which was a huge what to me. She I remember her asking me when we were doing my initial consultation, I potentially like, do I have Lyme disease? I'm like, no, like I, yeah, I live in Florida. Like I'm not out camping in the woods every weekend. I never had the bullseye rash. Like, no, not no way. And I was doing very well on the, like she was treating me for, but I wasn't at the point where I should have been like, my hair was still falling out. I was still having flares occasionally better than I was, but not, you know, it's like, she's like, you're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. You should be better. Mm-hmm. So that's when she tested me for the Lyme and we found the Lyme. Well, started treating the Lyme and I had like one of my worst flares. And at that point, and it lasted for so long, I had just started seeing a room, a new rheumatologist. And she's like, listen, you fought the good fight, but what is your quality of life right now? And when that flare starts, like I was, it was about a month that I was on. And that was a thing for me too. Like a lot of people will have flares for a few days, maybe a week. I would have these really extended flares because my body mm. was just so out of whack. And so at that point, like bawling, I was like, okay, yeah, I'll go on the medication. And it helped me. I was within a few months, I was doing better. I also started treating the Lyme. So it's like, okay, did the autoimmune medication help or me treating the Lyme help? Yeah. So I've started now, I'm lowering my doses, I'm weaning myself off the medication. And I'm I'm at a, it was never at like a crazy high dose, but I'm, I'm at a much lower dose and I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. Whereas there were a couple of times before I was like, okay, I feel good. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna not take one of my pills this week and something would kind of start ticking up. So I, I too, like I, I can totally understand what you're saying is like, I finally feel like my immune system, my body is really back into a more balanced place mm-hmm. and it has been a really long time. So, you know, I, I always feel like there's something, you know, there's something that's causing the symptoms. And if you can identify that, and if you can start working on that, that's where you're going to find the, the relief and, and the freedom. And you, that's where you're going to, st- that's where the healing's going to be. Medications are, they're not a bad thing. They're a tool, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it's something that you shouldn't feel bad for saying yes to it, but you should also be okay with taking it because if you're fearful of taking it, like that's going to cause a lot of problems too. And, um, you know, like in your situation, situation if you're taking it and you're like going in like knowing like well, last time I took this my body had a really bad reaction <laughs> the stress just going to that appointment is you know like doing so much more damage to your body yeah well I mean not to mention because I was having these reactions right they were giving me more Benadryl they were giving me more other medications to be able to finish the infusion and yeah. I mean it was like literally a full day I was there from like 7 a.m until like 
like 4.30 p.m. And it's like, ugh, you know? And I I, I totally agree because it's like medications at, at certain points can be like training wheels. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's okay to want to feel okay. And yeah. my physical therapist, she's always like, your pain tolerance is like wild. And I'm like, I'm in pain a lot. Like not, not as much now as I had been in the last probably five years, you know? And it's just something that it's like, I've just adjusted. I, mm -hmm. there was at a certain point in my life where I didn't understand what it was like to be not in pain. Just like it was, there's always this lower la layer of just mm -hmm. like a little bit of pain. And that's something that for me, like I am just never going to be on pain medications. And it's not like a stoic thing or a martyr thing. It's just, I don't believe in them. And I believe that my body is showing me that there's this pain for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me, I've gone to a physical therapist. I've gone to a chiropractor. I've gone to an orthopedic doctor. I've gone to an acupuncturist. And finally, like, that's where I finally started to find some answers. And like large groups of muscles were sleeping. And so it's like, of course you had pain in your leg. Like, why wouldn't you? And it's hard because it's like I had been talking to my GP about this pain for at least two years and mm. there was zero, zero recognition. Like at one point he was like, I can prescribe you some antibiotics. <laughs> if you want and i'm like let's take on antibiotics we don't even know if we need them <laughs> yeah like and if i want like is that seriously how you're delivering this to me but i can't with that guy anyway but it's just interesting to me how much we can heal naturally even if in tandem sometimes with taking certain medications because even healing things like mold it takes some time and there's certain things that you may have to take to support your body yeah absolutely so i want to segue a little bit and i know that we're going to have another like full episode on this. So I just want to like touch on it. I know that you do the bioresonance scans. And yes. So there will be an episode after I do my original scan and you're going to read it for us. Yep. And I can't wait. And it's not necessarily because I feel awful right now, right? Like, but I feel like there's something off. Mm -hmm. I still feel like I have a high level of inflammation. I'm not really sure where it's coming from. Could I eat better? Probably I could be more perfectionist about it, but I really try not to lean too far on that side because of eating disorders that I've dealt with. Yeah. So I'm gentle with myself. I lead with a natural like whole food diet, but I'm excited to see what comes up. So in the bioresonance scan, just as like a small background, what are the types of things that you can see in doing that? And what is it? So there's a few different scans that are that I offer. Um, but the big kahuna one where you're going to get the most information from it scans 14 bodily systems. So It'll be like digestive system, your endocrine system, your lymph system, just how your body is operating as a whole. And then we go into more fine-tuned things. So what kind of nutritional imbalances might there be? What kind of food sensitivities? Like what foods are stressing your body out or causing problems for you? Um, there are um, toxins. So we'll look at things like if there's bacteria or parasites, mold, heavy metals, things like that that are bothering you hormonal imbalances mm -hmm. so and that's one that's really interesting to me because a lot of like unless you have something that's been diagnosed as wrong with your like thyroid hormones aren't something that a lot of doctors look at it provides so much information and clarity on why certain things may be happening in your body and looking at all of these things as a whole you start seeing a picture so you know like you could have 
have like maybe your endocrine system's not really jacked up, but you have a few hormonal imbalances. And mm-hmm. once those get straightened out, then your endocrine system is back online. You could have something that's going on with your your body is stressed in certain areas and that's causing you to have food sensitivities, you know, like if your digestive system is really messed up. And so it's our body is always trying to come back into balance and it will compensate. You know, like you were just talking about your muscles being sleepy. It they're sleepy, so they're not working and functioning optimally. So you have other muscles in your body that are overcompensating and they're doing things they're not really supposed to. They can do, but they're not supposed to do. And that's not what they were designed to do. But like we're little warriors. Like our our body is always trying to get us in the best place and keep us as balanced as possible. And it will it will overcompensate for what whenever it needs to. So like you may have a hormonal imbalance, but it could be because you've got something else going on where you're burning through the hormone. You're burning through the vitamins. And so when we can see a really full picture of what's going on, we can connect a lot of dots as to, okay, this is going on here, but these other things are going on here. So if we get these back into balance, then this is going to clear up. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like peeling back the layers of an onion and really getting to it's it's the big stressors, but it's also like these these smaller things. And the scans will identify the things that are the priority. So like you could do a scan now, work on what we, you know, what comes up in the scan. And then you could do a scan, you know, six months from now, a year from now, and maybe a couple other things come up that didn't come up in the first scan, but it's because, okay, now we're good in these areas. You need to maybe tweak here and there a little bit in these other areas to really get you feeling your best. Yeah, no. And I love that. I'm really excited to do it. And I'm just excited to see what, what happens. I am too. It's, it's so fun because like, it's such a different concept. It's, it's looking at your body on an energetics level. And like, I know you're in, you're an energy girl. So like, I, I know that you're, you're just, it's going to be so cool when you see everything, but you know, like traditional food sensitivity tests, like there's ones that, you know, your doctors can do. Then there's ones that you can like the at home test kits and stuff like mm-hmm. that. There's some very popular ones. I don't want to like say names, but you know, like you prick your finger, you give your little spots of blood and you send it in and they're testing for different things. Mm-hmm. So they're testing for a high level of something. And if your body's, re- you know, having a certain reaction and I'll say eggs, for instance, like you could show sensitive to eggs, but you may not actually have a sensitivity to eggs. Yeah, It may just be that like you ate some eggs for breakfast the day before you did the testing. And so it can be very misleading. Also, if you don't eat something, like I know you and I are both gluten-free. So if you are gluten-free and you're not eating gluten, it is not going to show up as a problem for you on a blood test, which would make sense. But you might go, oh, well, I'm not sensitive to it, so I can start eating it again. And maybe you'll have a reaction quickly, or maybe it's a couple weeks later, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. And you know, like these little things that kind of build up and you won't realize it was the bread you've been eating the pasta you've been eating again. So with the energetics, it shows like what is good for your body? What is problem for your body? You know, like I'll do the test and it'll show like gluten, wheat and things for me that are problems. And I haven't had any of that stuff in a really long time. So that's one of the things I absolutely love about it because it really takes a lot of the guesswork out of it and shows you just a very clear picture of like, hey, here's your system. You know, there's little graphs and you can see like, are 
you in balance with something or is it stressing your system slightly or is it severely stressing your system? I love that. And being able to take the guesswork out of it because I know like there's so many diets that you can do, right? Mm. There's so many elimination diets that you can do and that's just takes so much time. It takes so much time. And then it's like, by the time you're done, it's like, oh, okay, can I just eat again? And again, for someone who's had eating disorders in the past, like anytime I start restricting my diet too much, it starts, it's a little bit of a trigger for me. And so I've really worked on my relationship with food to be able to eat the way I eat now and to really focus on a whole foods diet and still be able to enjoy some of the things that I like. Like gluten's not an option. Like I just don't eat it. But do I have gluten-free dessert sometimes? I do. Sometimes I do, in fact, have sugar and (laughs) it's fine. But I mean, even with the allergy test that you were talking about, you know, I had done one of the at-home ones. and Mm -hmm. I did too. I did too. (laughs) Like guilty. And egg whites came up for me as like my highest allergy reaction. And it's so funny because it honestly, that one made a lot of sense to me. But I think it was because of the quality of the eggs that I was eating. Mm -hmm. And also, I think I may just have an egg sensitivity because it still happens sometimes. But like I would tell people, I'm like, it made so much sense because eggs make me feel dirty on the inside. uh, Yeah, like they just make me feel itchy inside. And it's not as bad as it used to be because like now I'll put an egg yolk in my coffee every day, but it's not the white. But I mean, in general, egg whites kind of just like turn me off. Like if I'm eating like a fried egg, I'm like, "Mm, I could do without the white part. Yeah. Well, and some people like the egg whites are actually usually more of a problem for people than the egg yolks. Mm -hmm. So just because like eggs maybe show up as a problem doesn't mean the whole thing is, or it could just be. And the other thing is too, if you're having a sensitivity to a food, it could be just because your gut is not fortified and your body is, it's like a whole nother, whole nother conversation. But like with leaky gut, our immune system is mostly in our gut. And if we are eating a lot of really processed foods or a lot of foods that cause us issues, inflammatory foods and gluten has been like, there's been studies that show gluten, which is in wheat, barley and rye, and then a lot of processed foods, a lot of sauces, things like that, it will open the lining of the gut and it will, it can damage it because it is very inflammatory. And if you're digesting your food, but also if you're not digesting it really well, you could have like little particles of egg get out that are bigger than what they should be. So your body's not, you're not getting like the nutrients from the egg. You're getting like the little piece of the egg and your body doesn't know what to do with that. So it's like, ah, invader, attack, attack, attack. So then your body thinks eggs are bad for you. And like with your situation, eggs might be a problem for you. There, there are people that are sensitive to eggs. Like I'm not going to sit here and say that the no food allergies or sensitivities exist. Like I, I know gluten's a problem for me. I know eggs for a point in time were bad for me too. Like I would break out with these teeny tiny little like hard bumps on my forehead and, and I would get like these dark circles under my eyes. And I was like, oh, but eggs are healthy. Eggs are healthy. And so I took them out for a little while because I'm like, mm, I just kind of suspect felt fine. I can eat them now with no problem. So sometimes when you have an issue, it can be temporary as long as you're fortifying the rest of your system. Other things are always going to, you know, could always be a problem for you. And it's really about like experimenting with that and seeing like, okay, that didn't really work for me before, but, you know, let me 
me see if it does now. Oh, no, it's still a problem. So I know not to eat it. But yeah, like the all of the different diets that you can do. And that's why it's so confusing, right? Like it's like, oh my, do I do paleo? Do I do AIP? Do I do, am I carnivore? Do I need to go vegan? Do it like, and there's a million others. There's a million others. And that's why like I, I with my clients, like I just take the, the highest inflammatory foods that are like known, studied. Yes, these cause problems, especially for women with autoimmune. We take those out and it doesn't have to be permanent. Yeah. It's let's take it out. Let's calm your system down. See how you feel not on them. And if in four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, if you want to add it back in and a like small amount and just see what happens, then you can do that. Mm-hmm. But what I have found is the majority of <laughs> the majority of people I work with, once they start adding that stuff back in, they start feeling bad again. Yeah. And I mean, I know I did an elimination diet years ago and I really worked on healing my gut like eggs I can finally tolerate again. And I like just listen to my body a lot too. Sometimes I yeah. really love eggs. Sometimes I'm like, don't even look at me. Don't show me a chicken. Like, <laughs> Get the away. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so I, I can see how like healing your gut can change how you react to the foods. And, mm. you know, the only time that like I've added dairy back in, but I focus on high quality dairy if I can mm-hmm. get raw dairy. like, And because that is also good for your gut, like there's certain bacteria in in the milk that is actually really fortifying for your gut lining mm-hmm. and just back good bacteria in your gut. And so I've added that back in, but like anytime that I've had gluten accidentally, my you stomach know gets hard. <laughs> I look like I'm pregnant. Like I feel so uncomfortable and I'm like, Oh, where did this come from? You know, like, oh, I got glutened. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's been times where like I've consciously eaten it, but I'll take a gluten enzyme before. So that doesn't happen. But it's always when it's like on accident that I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, and I can always like, I always feel a little bit extra inflamey the next couple mm-hmm. of days too. It's mm-hmm. like, it kind of takes a minute to get out of my system. And I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm going to do, do that get again. really tired too? Like, like really fatigued? Because that's what happened to me, to me now. Like if I have it, I'll be like, like we went to a restaurant a couple months ago and I was like very careful with what I ate. But then I was like, something had gluten in it. Because like that night, I just didn't feel great. And then the next day I felt like I'd been run over by a bus, just like the fatigue. And that's not normal for me anymore. And I was like, dang it. So I just go on my little protocol and like drinking lots and lots of more water, you know, put a little little lemon in my water. I've got um, like some binders and things like that to just clear it out of my system as quickly as possible. But yeah. And and the thing is like, I didn't know gluten was a problem for me until I eliminated it. Like Mm -hmm. I, you were talking to the girl who like, I love sandwiches. The bread is what makes a sandwich good. Hands down. Macaroni and cheese. I I liked cakes and pastries and like, I'm a health coach. This is this is what I used to eat. But no, like I I I love bread. Love yeah. bread. And I used to think like you'd see the celebrities that like, oh, I'm gluten-free, you know, like for dietary purposes, whatever, like lost weight. I'm just like, you are effing crazy. Like <laughs> you would voluntarily give up bread. You're dumb. And then so when I started reading this, I was like, oh no. <laughs> Could gluten be the problem? And but I, I'll tell you, you know, and and this is a great time to be gluten-free. Like 10 years ago, it would have been a different story. Right. <laughs> like we're in a we're in a glu- good gluten-free world right now. Yeah. But I when I got rid of it and I it got rid of some other stuff too, but I felt so much better within like a week. And mm-hmm. stuff that I hadn't even linked to my autoimmune stuff like cleared up right away. I was like, what is going on? So I was, you know, I was good for, you know, like a year 
or so, like very strict with my diet. Like I I did all of the elimination diets and all the things. And like we ordered pizza one night, regular pizza. I'm like, oh good. Like a couple slices won't hurt. And I, within like an hour of eating, I looked like I was five months pregnant. (laughs) My stomach hurt so bad. I'd never had an issue with it before. And um, like, there was a couple other times where I'm like, let me, you know, like, oh gosh, that that croissant looks so good. Like I do miss croissants and Cuban bread because I haven't found a good gluten-free croissant. And Cuban bread is something I'm in Florida and the Tampa area. And there's a huge Cuban population here. So the Cuban sandwiches here are like bar none amazing. Yeah. So I do miss those, but I don't miss how it made me feel. And and for for that, like I, you know, a couple years ago, I was like, okay, I just like I have to just not have it. And like for me, it was kind of addictive. It'd be like, oh, well, I had some, like, I'll be, I'll be good tomorrow. So I'm just gonna eat more today. And it's like <laughs> the, the logic of that is just so ridiculous. Like, yeah, this is hurting your body. So let's add as much to it as possible in a short amount of time. Yep. Yep. But like, I, but I, I loved it. Like I, you know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed to admit, but it, it's just like you, but that's the thing. Like you have to tune into what's, what's best for you and what works for you and make those decisions. Like, yeah. like you, you know, like I, you know, okay, I'm going to have something that maybe isn't great for me, but I'm going to have it and I'm going to take something to, you know, kind of take the, take the edge off per se. Yeah. But I, I know how it's going to affect me. Whereas so many of us are walking around around eating things and doing things that are so bad for us, but we don't know that it's bad for us. And it's like so detrimental to not only our physical health, but our mental and our emotional well-being. And we don't even know. Yeah. So I want to dive into the gluten for just a quick couple more minutes because I know. So if you don't know, your wheat is being sprayed with glyphosate. Yes. This is a carcinogen. All right. It's Roundup. It's Roundup. Yeah. So they do this to treat the wheat so that they can harvest all at the same time because nature being nature, it's not always guaranteed that all of these wheat plants are going to be matured right at the right time. So they use it to mature the wheat and then it's in your food and then it's continuously in the flour, in your food. And so that's why gluten can be so inflammation causing just because of the fact that it's got that extra layer of pesticide on it that's been proven to not be awesome for our body. Yeah. And so I know that you teach a course on that. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah. Um. And before I do that, though, like the other thing with it is like the gluten, the wheat that we're consuming is not what like our grandparents and great grandparents ate. Mm-hmm. They made it. They went to a lab and created Franken wheat, basically, and they crossbred different strands of wheat to make it hardier so that it would grow better so that it would be, you know, less impervious to nature. Plus now they're also spraying the pesticides on it so that they can guarantee their harvest and then they can do it faster and then grow the next crop. So like it's guaranteed they're making more money because not only can they harvest the product faster, but they're guaranteed to get a bigger yield. So there's a lot going on with gluten, which is why it's why it's a problem. Um, But yeah, I put together because like for me, the gluten is like the biggest thing that I see that is like the problem food. There's other things that definitely can cause issues, but I really like, especially for like autoimmune and chronic illnesses, gluten is such a trigger. It's so inflammatory. And because of those things, because it's been bred to where, (laughs) pun not intended, it's been bred. (laughs) 
where our bodies do not recognize it. It's sprayed with these toxic chemicals and, you know, we're eating tons of it because it's in everything. And you don't really realize how much you're eating it until you take it out. Exactly. Exactly. And that was part of why I made this course was to not only educate on like what it's actually doing to your body, why it's doing this to your body, but also so you had some place to come and go, okay, so what can I eat? Like, that's the biggest thing like I get with my clients, like if they, when they find out like they're going to have to take gluten, I'm just like, well, I have, you know, cereal for breakfast or oatmeal, which oatmeal is not gluten containing. It's naturally gluten-free, but because of the way it's stored, mm-hmm. because it's oats and grains and things, they're usually stored together. So you can get cross-contamination with gluten. So glute, certified gluten-free oats, if you're going to have them, but you know, like, and then I have a sandwich for lunch and then I have, you know, like a piece of toast or some pasta, you know, with my dinner And then, you know, like, oh, I'll have a couple of cookies before I go to bed. And, you know, it's like, everything's okay in moderation, except for gluten. (laughs) That's kind of where I am on it. But when you are faced with removing something from your body, even if it's going to make you feel a lot better, but this is not a way you've ever eaten and you don't know how you can eat, you don't know what your options are. That is so overwhelming and it is so scary. And it's, I mean, it's at the point where you just be like, I don't care what it's doing in my body. Like, I can't make that change. So I made this course to show you like, yes, you can have really good foods, be gluten-free and not miss out on things, you know, like, yes, I miss out on like croissants, but there's other gluten-free bread products that are amazing Mm -hmm. that I'm okay. You know, like it's, it's fine. Yeah. And going back to the not realizing how much you're eating it until you take it out. It's like, you're like, oh my gosh, I ate so much bread. Right. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, after you take it away, it's so funny. I'll tell people I'm gluten-free free and they're like what do you eat yeah <laughs> and what food. can you eat and I'm like food like yeah. you know lots of kite lots of food but it's always so funny to me because people are like, can you eat here can you eat here I'm like do they have like a protein and like a vegetable because I yeah. can eat that you know yeah. like I mean I can ask them if there's any flour of any type in a sauce or something but I'm like I can eat a lot of foods yeah like I yeah. don't feel like I'm restricted at all I mean yeah unless I want to go to a bakery right or even right, like yeah. to a coffee shop <laughs> I'm not always guaranteed to be able to get a pastry there, but there are, it's always super special when you find the coffee shops that do have gluten-free pastries and it always makes my day. I know. Woo! (laughs) Like we're coming back here all the time. (laughs) All the time. This is my favorite place. Yeah, no. And it's, and that's the thing. It's, it sounds very daunting, but like, I mean, celiac, that is an autoimmune condition that you're allergic to gluten and some people have to remove it or else like they, like there's not a medicine that someone with celiac can go on. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they, there may be medications for symptoms and things like that, but as far as like getting rid of the problem, it's not a medication. It's you have to remove gluten. So, you know, someone who gets a diagnosis like that, it's very overwhelming. It's very daunting. And then if you are not celiac, like you could very well have a gluten sensitivity. And that's something that's a lot more stuff is coming out on that gluten sensitivities, gluten intolerances, where it's non non celiac, but you still have an issue with it. It's still inflaming your body. It's still causing a problem. And you want to know like, well, well, what can I eat and what can I do? And the the truth is, like you just said, you're not restricted. Like, yes, you can't eat certain foods. So yes, that is a 
technically you are restricted, but you don't have to feel restricted Mm -hmm. because usually it opens you up to exploring a lot of foods that you haven't been eating or haven't tried. And it almost forces you to eat things that are more nutritious for you and that are better for your body and that keep you full and that really like your body knows what to do with and you're getting nutrients and vitamins and things that you maybe were missing out on because you were eating this super processed bread that tasted really good, but like really wasn't doing anything for you other than giving you like empty carbohydrate calories and, you know, like just kind of like sitting in your body, not doing anything for you because that's how, that's how we're like kind of like trained to eat. Like you Mm -hmm. have cereal for breakfast, you have a sandwich for lunch, you have, you know, like a, you know, tasty pasta dish or whatever for dinner, you know, like dinner, maybe the one that you're a little bit more, you know, like a a protein and a, and a vegetable on Mm -hmm. then, but everything like it's fast. Like we live in a fast world where you got to go, 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 go. You got to eat quick. You got to like, I'm just going to grab a a bar while I eat in the car. Well, you know, go to car lane to drop my kids off and then I'm running into work. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, that like that fast paced hustle that we are so prevalent in, in our society that that's causing a lot of problems too. But, you know, it kind of forces us to eat in this way of like quick, fast things that really are not good for us. Yeah. And even with that, you know, I know that we talked a little bit about stress earlier when you were talking about how you work with your clients. And it's like that fast paced world is so much stress for people, especially Mm -hmm. in moments where you're starting to heal your body, because it's like, how can I find a way to eat nutritiously and be on the move all the time? Right? Like, and for my full time job, you know, I travel some. So it's always kind of like, okay, like, oh, I'm at the whims of whatever I brought with me. And Mm -hmm. whatever I can find in sometimes this very small town. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just have gotten to learn to be creative about it and to allow myself to be able to flow through things and kind of just not let the fact that, okay, if I'm not 100% sure that this is gluten-free, like I'm not going to die and it's going to be okay. Yeah. And being prepared, you know, kind of like Mm -hmm. always having some snacks on hand, you know, like snack bars are not bad, but like just don't like you don't want to eat them every day for every meal, you know, but if if you throw, you know, like a gluten-free snack bar, like fruit and nuts bar, you know, in your bag and you have some, you know, or some trail mix or, you know, some stuff that, you know, like I'm going to have something to eat if I need it. And I can't, if there isn't an option that I feel comfortable and safe eating available to me, Mm -hmm. like I have this, you know, my, when I was working full time, like my cooler was my best friend up until then I just ate out with everybody and you're like, okay, it's lunchtime. We're going to go to the restaurant. And it was kind of like, and I would go, but a lot of times I would bring my own food and my Mm -hmm. cooler. Cause sometimes they would want to go to like a pizza place and I'd be like, Hmm no, I'm good. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna sit out today. And that's the thing too. It's like, it can be really lonely because you're like, you're different now. Yeah. And you don't want to be different. Like you don't, you don't want to have this illness. You don't want to like be eating weird foods. Like I had, I had so many people like rasp me. Like, so I, I worked in law enforcement for, I was health coaching full time. And like the guys that I worked with would razz me so hard about like gluten-free. And it was like, they're, it was endearing, you know, like they mm-hmm. were, 
were just teasing. It's, you know, boys world. <laughs> but it was just like, it got to be where like, it was funny to me. It didn't even bother me because I was also, I had been gluten-free for a while by the time that, you know, like I was there and I was figuring it out. And I did have some like super supportive people that like knew some of the stuff that I had gone through. And like, they just, you know, like people that really care about you, they just want you to feel better. They just want you to be better. And if you're like, listen, that's going to make me feel like crap. And I'm going to be like falling asleep, you know, like for the rest of the afternoon or like, yeah. I'm going to be so uncomfortable that like, I'm not gonna be able to concentrate on the work that I'm supposed to be doing. For the most part, people really have like your best interest at heart. And if you can explain it to them, but it it is hard at first because like you you almost feel like you have a little label like I'm different and you know like it's like a like a scarlet letter you know like oh everybody that's the, that's the weird girl and as the good girl I worked so hard for my entire life to like not be the weird one to not be like no I'm normal I'm just I'm average I'm I'm fit in with everybody else so I mean but it's it's a good way to learn to stand on your own two feet and you know just be strong in your convictions too mm-hmm. yeah and I mean I feel that at a work conference in January, you know, one of the meals, they're all provided for us. And I always submit that I'm gluten-free. So there's supposed to be an option for me, right? So it's this like line and it's all pasta. There's a salad, but it's like a mediocre salad at best, right? And it's all pasta. So I go up to one of the people that work there. I'm like, hey, like, is there a gluten-free option? And they're like, a uh, salad. And I was like, you're aware that I am almost six feet tall, right? Like, uh, this salad is going to make me not hungry for like an hour. And then my body's going to burn through it and I'm done, yeah. right? And so I was like, no, that's not acceptable. And so they went, they actually went back to the kitchen and they did, they cooked me fish and they made me oh, something else. Wow. And so I was like, thank you so much for doing that because yeah. like it's not fair to me and so also getting past the people pleaser in me and getting past that good girlness which mm-hmm. i think is really tied into a lot of autoimmune diseases yes i do like, too and so as i'm getting past that like the the courage it took for me to go say something like right. was such a huge step and to say yeah. hey i'm different i can't eat this but i do need something more than just your leaves and i like i said i was a vegetarian for five years i am constantly like still eating vegetarian meals but but it's like, I still have meat when it feels good for me. So I love a good salad. But like sometimes, especially when I'm walking around all day, I'm like having to be mentally active. Like I need something that's going to nourish my body, my brain to be able to move forward. Yeah. So I just wanted to touch really quickly on the good girlness and the living a normal life. Because earlier you said the same thing. You're living a normal life right now. And I feel like I've been the same way. Like I remember being in high school and being on one of the medications I was on and it was making made me feel like I had the flu all the time. And mm. I remember like this one time I was walking with a friend and she's like, are you okay? And I was like, nah, like my medicine just, I'm not feeling great. And she's like, your medicine, because who in high school is taking medicine regularly, right? And it wasn't something that I talked about a lot because I wanted yeah. to be normal. And yeah. so I had mentioned to her, like I told her like, oh, well, I have this. And it was always that like, what? And so that autoimmunity, like as you're learning not to be a perfectionist, a people pleaser, it can be really hard to feel like you're living a normal life. Yeah. And I just love that my new normal is normal. Right. And I think yeah. that's part of the learning process into healing out of the autoimmunity. Yeah. And well, because 
when you are going through the process of like getting the diagnosis, like you're not normal, like your body is it's raising hell, you know, it's like things are not happy, you're hurting, you're tired all the time, the brain fog, like just tired all day, can't sleep at night, you know, like there's 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 so many different facets to it. And then you get this diagnosis. And, you know, like specifically with autoimmune, it's this is lifelong, there's no cure, and you're going to be stuck with it for the rest of your life. And we have medication that hopefully will help you. That does not inspire a lot of hope. That doesn't inspire a lot of like, it pretty much dashes any chance that you have of hoping to heal or having a normal life again. Mm -hmm. Because you're like, okay, well, even if I feel okay, like I have to take this medicine. And like medicine is so tied to sickness. Mm -hmm. Like you don't take medicine unless you're sick. Sickness or oldness. Yeah. So it's like you get this news and you're like, oh, okay, I have an answer. Like, I'm not crazy. My labs may have been normal, but they're like, I knew something wasn't normal. So there's all of this like not normal. Mm-hmm. And I'm actually reading a book right now that's amazing. It's called The Myth of Normal mm-hmm. by um, Dr. Gabor Mate. The whole premise of it is that like all of these things that are going on with society and kind of being like in this rush and, you know, like there's a lot of toxic and even just like on the news, you know, it's like it's all gloom and doom and, you know, it's depressing. So all of these things that are normal, they're normal because they're common. They're not normal because it's actually like this is how people are normally supposed to function. And so it's been it's really fascinating because it really like leans into a lot of like my personal beliefs around like autoimmune and healing. But I hope to get people to look at autoimmune differently. Hmm. And instead of seeing it as this lifelong sentence. It's something that you can heal from. It's something that you can recover from. And it's something that at best, you're not going to have to think about every single day. Like mm-hmm. you're not, I, I would wake up in, in the throes of it and it's like, okay, what what kind of day am I going to have today? And I knew by the time my feet hit the floor, because either like my feet were hurting or like in moving, my back started hurting so much. Like I knew what kind of day I was going to have. So waking up scared every single day because I didn't know how my day was going to be mm. or feeling like a little twinge of something and being like on high alert, like, okay, what is that? Is that a new symptom? Is that, am I just getting a little bit of a cold? Like for your body to be that keyed up all time is like so bad, you know, like Mm -hmm. we didn't even get into like anything with the nervous system, but it's like, like, ah. So knowing that just because you have a diagnosis, you are not the diagnosis. I love how you said that earlier because like you are, you have been diagnosed with this thing and with autoimmune, and I'm not going to say like everybody's misdiagnosed. Diagnosed. But sometimes you get a diagnosis and then like a couple years later, like, oh, wait, it's actually this. Yeah. Or we don't know what it is. Lupus is another one that's really big. It's like, it's not, but it's presenting, but we're not sure. So we're just going to treat you as if you have lupus. We're just mm-hmm. going to treat you as if you have MS, you know? And it's kind of like, I don't even know what I have going on with me. So to be able to look at it and go like, okay, like this isn't, this is something that I've been diagnosed with. And like, obviously I'm having having symptoms and issues, but what can I do to give myself the best shot at healing and getting Mm -hmm. better? And it's loving yourself more than you love other people's opinion about you so that you can ask those questions. And so you can say to like, when the doctor tells you something that doesn't make sense, you don't have to like tell your doctor, like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Like, you don't have to have a fight with them. (laughs) You might want to, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, that'll work for you. But you can very politely disagree Mm -hmm. or you don't even have 
to say anything. You can just go in your your head, go like, okay, you know what? I don't think this doctor's the right person for me anymore. Or okay, they said this. I'm gonna research that. Or I'm gonna look into it. But I'm gonna also look at some other stuff too. Being the good girl, you know, like it it really blocks. I feel like it blocks you from healing because like one, you're really relying on what these experts are telling you as being like it, like by it's Bible, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like it's absolute truth. There's no questioning about it. Doctors are human. Like they're they're very smart. They have studied and expertise, but it's like sometimes they get it wrong. Sometimes they get it right, but it's to their amount of knowledge. So being able to ask the questions, being able to do your own research and becoming your own expert in how your condition is affecting you. Mm-hmm. And then saying like, okay, what else can I do? Because there's so much else that you can do outside of medication and lifestyle really impacts so heavily how your symptoms present themselves. Yeah. And I think for most people, like especially like the women I work with, if they could get to where they weren't having flares as often, like that would be success to them. Mm-hmm. If they could get to where they just feel like themselves again, that is the miracle in and of itself. And it's absolutely possible. You know, I've worked with women who like they come to me and they're like, I, I just want to feel better. And then like they've been able to get off of their autoimmune medication. Yeah. And awesome. they're yeah. And it's and it's like that wasn't even the original goal. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm not here to take you off of your medication. Like that's a decision that you have to make. That's a decision like you and your doctor need to discuss. But it's possible. It's absolutely possible when you when you figure out what's going on, when you figure out things that are triggering your symptoms and you start addressing those, you start healing your body. And it's not going to be in a way that you're going to be able to get from a prescription medication. You start finding your health again and you you truly do return back to normal. Yeah. And I would even say better than normal because especially as going through and healing a lot of perfectionism, good girl, people pleaser tendencies, like as you're going through this autoimmune journey and healing from it, you're also healing that part of yourself. I was talking to someone yesterday and I was joking. I was like, I'm in my, I don't give a fuck what you think era. (laughs) And so it's like, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And your opinion is yours and it doesn't affect me. You may not like what I have to say. You may not like what I'm doing. Then you don't, don't listen. Close your ears, go somewhere else. Right. Like, and so it's, it finds this even better layer of normal because you're finding out who you really are and what, you know, for me, like what I really like, what I really want and taking out other people's desires and needs out of it. I've said so many times that my, my getting sick was the biggest blessing. Mm -hmm. And that sounds so crazy to people who either like are still in the place where like they don't feel like they can get better mm-hmm. or like they've never been sick or anything like that. Like how could this thing that was like causing you so much trouble for years, like how could that be have been good at all? But it has been such a blessing and it's caused me to just not take things at face value, to question things, to force myself to go like, well, what do I think about that? Because like as a good girl people pleaser, a lot of times we just go with the flow and it's kind of like sometimes we'll go like, oh, I don't like that, but I don't want to rock the boat. So you go with it. But sometimes it's kind of like, like how many times did somebody ask you like, hey, where do you want to go, you know, grab dinner? Or where do you want to go for lunch? And you're like, I don't care. What do you want to do? So many. You know? <laughs> 
you know, and sometimes you really don't care, but yeah. like usually it's because like, well, I'll be fine with whatever. I want you to be happy. Mm-hmm. And that's also, I think we have to realize too, like that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's bad if you're neglecting things that you know you need and you know you want. Yeah. But sometimes it's just because you really love other people and you really care about other people. And like with my kids, it's like, let's play what game you want to play. Like, let's do mm-hmm. what you want. Like, I don't, I really don't care. You know, like I want, I want you to have fun. Yeah. And you know, it's not always a bad thing to, you know, like I, people pleaser, it's like, like kind of a double-edged sword. I think like it does get a, a bad rap and it does sound bad and it can be bad. Um, You know, like I said, if you're neglecting yourself, putting other people as a priority above like your own innate needs. However, the women that I work with, like they genuinely care about others and mm-hmm. they're not these like selfish people, which like being selfish is not wrong, but it's not like my way or the highway. It's, yeah. you know, if we can learn to be like a little bit more collaborative and in, in saying like, you know, well, this is this is what I need right now. Mm-hmm. So I can't do this or I'm going to do this versus shrinking into ourselves and not saying an opinion or not even knowing what our opinion is. Like mm-hmm. that's a really big sign. Like if 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 people ask you a lot of times, they're like, well, what do you like or what do you want? Maybe this is going back to that earlier question where I was like, I don't know what I'm liking right now. <laughs> but if if you can, if you can't answer that question, that's a pretty big sign that like maybe you need to take some time to get to know yourself again and mm-hmm. listen to yourself. Cause like our our body, our consciousness, it's always trying to talk to us and it's always yeah. trying to share things with us. And a lot of times it's just like we've silenced that. And we're so out of tune with ourselves because we stay so busy, so busy, so busy. And we're mm-hmm. feeding ourselves stuff that makes us just makes our bodies not work well. Yeah. I like to say like it, it like the junk, junk in, junk out, like it blocks us up. Mm-hmm. And if you can get to a place where you can start even just once a day getting to where like, okay, I'm going to tune into myself. Like, what do I want to do today? What do I want to mm. eat today? What do I, you know, it sounds silly, but it's those really little things that will help you to start hearing your voice again mm-hmm. and being able to use it. Yeah, absolutely. I have recommended that to people for sure in the past. And it's, it makes a huge difference, you know, and it's true. Like it's okay to allow someone else to make the choice, but it's like, are you doing that all the time? When are you mm-hmm. speaking up? When are those moments where you're like, I don't really want to be doing this, but I'm doing it to make them happy. And that's the only reason. And you're miserable or you're in pain and you don't want to say anything, right? Like there's the difference. Yeah, absolutely. But with that, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much for being here and just talking with us all autoimmune things and how we can heal naturally. I'm so glad that you were on here with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was such a fun conversation. So I, I appreciate the opportunity. Anytime I get a chance to talk to you, Jillian, I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And stay posted, everyone, for the episode that we will do my um, bioresonance scan on. Yeah, wait. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening to Expand the Conversation podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review of the podcast on your favorite platform. Your feedback means the world to me. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions for future episodes, reach out to me on social media. I would love to hear from you. So let me know you are listening and stay updated on all things Expand the Conversation. Be sure to follow and tag me on Instagram at expandtheconversation.podcast. If you know someone who would benefit from this episode, please share it. See you next time.